You step out of the sheer terror that is the paths of the dead, out into the fragrant open air of the Blackroot Vale, and you realize there are people here. Bayeru, who in their right minds would live on a lump of rock under the breathy gob of the haunted mountain. Well, the folk of Morlad, of course. Only the Gondorians have the brass, the pride, and the sheer stubbornness to do such a thing. And this is only the first quest hub we've hit. Ah, well, at least there's the view. It's Western Gondor, and you are listening to Beneath Your Feet. Gondor is a big nation. While it may only exist, as the song tells us, between the mountains and the sea, that's still a wide swath of tree-covered hills and shores, and it used to be bigger. The storied history of the Numenorean realm is one of expansion and loss, love and hate, a tale so epic it would need its own dedicated episode. So, for now, just remember that Gondor used to run all the way from Anumenas and Fornost in the north to Umbar in the south, from the coasts of Enidwyth in the west straight to the Sea of Run in the east. But at the time of the War of the Ring, the Northern Kingdom is sundered and only kept from the shadow by the efforts of rangers and a few elves. Half of Gondor, resting against the northerly slopes of the White Mountains, was given to the Rohirrim many years prior. You can check out the Kuthstan episode for more on that bit of history. We can then return to that strand between the Great Sea starting from the river Lefnui, on eastwards to the Great River and the mouths of the Entwash. Being so large, Gondor came in a few different waves to the Lord of the Rings Online. From summer 2014 all the way to 2017, if we count the wastes. First, following the trail of Aragorn and his Grey Company, was Western Gondor. Western Gondor is not Western Gondor, really. Anphalos is the westernmost province of that nation. But since nothing really happens there, it's only mentioned twice in the book, the fields and woods and little villages of Anphalos will have to wait for the more dynamic content to dry up. Western Gondor is really three or so subregions, or maybe they're sub-subregions. Anyways, I'm talking about the Blackroot Vale, Lamadon, and the Bay of Belphalos. The Blackroot Vale, or Mornon, is exactly that. The valley through which the Blackroot River flows from its headwaters in the White Mountains down the pine slopes all the way to the bay. 
It's here where we first set foot on Gondorian soil after passing through the bluish horror of the Paths of the Dead. And what a welcome sight it is. Rushing mountain water, lush and verdant foothills, and a massive black orb that appears to have been dropped from space. More on that later. The closest we get to the Black Root Veil in the text is really the maps, and that is a bit sparse hardly fit to meet the needs of a massively multiplayer role-playing game. Like Rohan, and Dunland, and Dariador, and really every area before it, Blackroot Vale of Lotro needs a settlement that probably wasn't there in the mind of the Professor. And that's okay. This town is appropriately named Morlad, Cinderin for Black Valley. It's a few short huts filled with weirded-out and superstitious Gondorians. What more could we expect from small-town folk wedged between a haunted mountain and a bloody great big ebony sphere? That sphere is, of course, the Stone of Eric. If you didn't know about it, you are treated to an instance, taking on the role of a would-be oathbreaker, where we witness Elendil's curse firsthand. It is one of the more memorable flashbacks of the whole game. And that unearthly, six-foot-wide globe, imported straight from Numenor, shapes the land around it. Of course this place is weird and creepy. The Stone of Eric is here. And by it came a literal army of the dead. By them came a remnant of deserters, now set to cause all kinds of fuss, even in the midst of a pirate invasion. The pirates, corsairs, don't really come to the Vale, whether by the order of some lord or for fear of that creepy old stone, they keep their business and Blackroot to Tarlang's neck. This is one area that does not sync up perfectly with the official maps made by Christopher Tolkien, and that's okay. Let it be a moment to talk about one of the many odd little tangential fairy tales of Middle-earth. Not unlike the cats of Queen Beruthiel, the giant Tarlang is a subject of some mystery lacking in background. Apparently this poor gigantic fool took a spill in this area, broke his neck, and was left there. Perhaps it was his crash that made the narrow pass. In any case, it's infested with corsairs now, and not a place for the faint of heart. The bloodthirsty buccaneers haven't yet made a real go at attacking Lamadon either. This small region is the next in line as one makes their way past the Stone of Eric southwards and eastwards, riding through gorgeous green mountain passes into the even more gorgeous river valley of the Ringlo and Kirill. Here is a fairly wide and open place, spotted with a few small villages and punctuated by uplifting pink trees, and of course the town of Calumbel. If Morlad was a small village, worthy only of a stablemaster, Calumbel is a proper little city, the first of its kind we see in the game. It's a lovely place, rather untouched by the current troubles, and so not much happens here. It's not until we reach the Bay of Belphalos that we see what the real trouble is. That bay is home to Dal Amroth, the major hub of western Gondor, and it is plum infested with corsairs. There are also the beacons, the ruins of Ethelond, and some curious caves. 
The star of the show, however, is the conflict between the Gondorians and their hated Corsair enemies. By both the lies of Sauron and the promise of their lineage, the Corsairs believe they are destined to retake Gondor. Many of these men have Gondorian blood running through their veins. In fact, when we reach the other parts of Gondor, we are forced to intervene to make sure no usurpers are available who may or may not have legitimate claims to the throne. And that's one of the key themes of Tolkien's work, that of lineage. Those who are set on one side are largely so because of the choices, failings, and successes of their forebears. Many a storyline in Lotro has been built upon the famous line by Master Samwise, who wondered if a fallen Southron was truly evil in his heart. We get some of the same here in Western Gondor when we meet Jajax, but ultimately the Corsairs are a people sworn to Sauron, the Great, under the pretense of reclaiming what is or was rightly theirs. And we see this fight play out in real time across the winding hills and bare islands and rocky outcroppings of Belphalos. We aren't much treated to its story in the game, but Ethelond is there as a curious outlier to the rest of the zone. Very much like Athelion in the north, in name and architecture and tragic elven history, this elvish ruin stands as yet another reminder that Middle-earth is a product of its past. Elves were here, building ships to send its people to the west of west by the straight road. From here it was that Amroth, in tandem with his love Nimrodel, was lost. And it is also a nexus point between the men of the West and those High Elves with whom they were allied so long ago. For Dal Amroth nearby bears the name of that famous Elven King. What's more is that the folk of Dal Amroth, royal lineage of the prince and his family, carry some Elvish strain in their makeup, most notably remarked upon by Legolas. Once more it is made plain that this drop of Elvish blood carrying with it the light of Valinor, and so ultimately a touch of Eru Iluvatar, is perhaps what makes these folk of Gondor worthy of their good deeds in white cities. Yet that same blood becomes tainted with shadow through the devices of Sauron and his minions. While it may seem to some that Middle-earth is a land of stark contrast, good and evil, black and white, most everyone we meet upon our travel lies in that murky gray area somewhere between. Thank you for listening to Beneath Your Feet. For more information on the show, please visit anchor.fm slash L-O-T-R-O-B-Y-F. From there, you can find links to share the show across all platforms. You can message me or send me a voicemail, which might just be included on the show. You can also leave a tip. Any support, a review, a share, a dollar is all very much appreciated. Today's music comes from the Lord of the Rings online soundtrack, the Tolkien Ensemble, and the Stone of Eric. This episode was written and read by me. My name is Derek, and we'll see you next time when we go Beneath Your Feet.